The Vegas Golden Knights come to the XL Energy Center with a lot of injuries. Jack Eichel and many others not playing at full strength. So how do the Wild match up against the Golden Knights tonight? With some of their new looks and acquisitions, we find out in today's special crossover episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making both Locked On Wild and Locked On Vegas Golden Knights your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, both shows are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode, we will preview the matchup between the Wild and the Golden Knights by taking a look at both franchises heading into the game. And uh, we'll discuss as well some of uh, the intricacies to this matchup with uh, both teams Uh, in very different places than they were uh, when these two teams squared off in the playoffs last year. Uh, My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild and joined by Tony of Locked on Vegas Golden Knights. Happy to have you along. How are things going? It's going really well, Seth. Uh, Thanks for having me and looking forward to this matchup. And it's always one of those grittier matchups, I think, for VGK because uh, the Golden Knights and and the Wild have a little bit of history now, and I'm sure that the uh, the Wild now uh, want to make sure that they uh, can more or less start another losing streak for the Golden Knights, if you will. Uh, they come off the five-game losing streak on the road. They've won the last two. I went to the Panthers game here back on St. Patrick's Day. A lot of drunk people were there. <laughs> and then I uh, also uh, watched the game uh, closely against the Kings on Saturday. That was the matinee game. But I understand the Wild are a team, as, uh, of course, the draft uh, the upcoming trade deadline uh, is approaching, I should say. Uh, Nicholas Delorier was one of your acquisitions. He plays a heavy. Will he go after someone on Monday night? That's the question that I have. And then Tyson Jost. And how are those two? Well, Delorier will be playing his first game, I uh, guess, on Monday night. But what about Tyson Jost? He's on the fourth line right centering. How's he fitting in now? Uh, it's a great question. Tyson obviously brought in in the Nico Sturm trade, and Sturm was going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. The Wilds made an offer to Sturm, but uh, it sounded like he did not want to uh, return to the Wilds, so Bill Guerin tried to get something for him. And for Jost, a a younger player, uh, 24 years old, so uh, getting a chance to just try to fit in in a different scene, uh, a different setting, um, than he was with the Colorado Avalanche. And I thought he played well in his debut um, as that fourth-line center. Ended up going four four wins, ten losses in the face-off circle. So uh, those numbers will hopefully uh, bounce up as the season progresses, but uh, played some good defense and um, mostly just, uh, just did his job um, throughout the course of the game. And now you bring in uh, Nick Delorier, to add a physical element. and He's been very vocal in uh, talking to the wild media uh, about that he wants to be that guy 
for this Minnesota Wild team. Marcus Foligno has has been that player for the Wilds uh, this season and beyond. But as he has spent more time in the penalty box, uh, the Wild offense just has struggled without him uh, in the lineup. And so to be able to keep the line together of him, Jewel Erickson Eck, and Jordan Greenway, which is one of the best defensive lines in hockey, to be able to keep that line together, and if somebody does something that upsets the Minnesota Wild, to have somebody else that can kind of go take care of that in Delorier is going to be huge for this team. And you've got him. You've got Brandon Duhame, who has been a, a very physical player for the Wild this year as well. That's going to be a tricky fourth line to match up against because uh, those guys are physical, they're tough, and so you got that defensive third line, and now you've got this physical fourth line, and that is really going to uh, frustrate some teams as the season progresses. Yeah, I'm going to guess just offhand that uh, someone might go after Keegan Colasar of the Golden Knights because he's the guy that's been fighting I think the Golden Knights have had something like 14 fights this season, and maybe they've won, maybe three or four, I don't know. But they don't have that physical presence anymore since they lost uh, Ryan Reeves, uh, you know, due to uh, the, uh, him going to the Rangers with Gerard Gallant. And uh, when I looked at Delorier's uh, numbers, he's five and five in fights, but he'll pick on anyone at any time. And that could be the physical presence that helps your team. VGK is a very much a finesse team. Now, let me ask you about this. We are hearing a lot, a lot of rumors about Marc-Andre Fleury going to the Minnesota Wild. And I think uh, last I saw, the sticking point was a first-rounder. Where do you think this is headed? Do you think that this is a legit trade rumor? I think it's definitely a legitimate rumor with some legitimate steam because whether it be the goaltending, whether it be the defense, uh, both of those units have struggled uh, especially in the second half of the season. And so the Wild are hoping that that can get back to the form that saw them get to the top spot in the Western Conference for uh, a brief period of time. Um, this this was one of the best teams in the NHL early on in the season, and then the play just kind of fell off. And so if the Wilds go after Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously they uh, are looking for that pedigree in the net. I did end up looking and his numbers are actually almost identical to Cam Talbot's numbers. And so, you know, I, I wonder if it would be a true upgrade over what the wild have currently. Um, and with both goalies really have been trying to figure out, is it more of the goalie play? Is it more of the defense? What would what would happen if they do end up getting flurry? Would those problems be fixed, or would we still see um, some of the numbers that we've seen over the past fifteen games or so uh, continue? It sounds like first round pick or a second and a prospect is uh, is kind of the asking price at this current moment. But um, Bill Guerin is looking at this as a potential way to improve this team. And so I would expect him to move aggressively. And um, I think there's a chance. I think there's definitely a chance that this ends up getting done before the deadline. Yeah. And you know, the one thing about Mark Andre Fleury, what kind of chased him out of Las Vegas was the fact that he did not want to split time with Robin Leonard. So how would that work chemistry wise 
for the Minnesota Wild? And would you have to give up Kapo uh, Kakonen? Uh, would you have to give up a, a goalie? Or would it be, even be like, where did, where would Cam Talbot be um, if this trade were to transpire? How would they rotate the goalies? Uh, it would it would be really interesting to see how this would play out because um, I don't get the sense that Talbot would be included in the deal. Um, I'm sure Chicago is going to look for a younger player. Maybe that's Capo Kakinen. Maybe it's somebody else. But uh, the thing that uh, I found interesting about this situation is that Capo is not eligible yet to be put on waivers. So I don't know exactly how it works, but let's just say that they do get flurry. The natural move would be to send Capo down to Iowa. Or maybe you end up facilitating a trade um, of him separately because he... He's played enough at the NHL level now that I don't know what benefit there's going to be for him to be sent down, and he is uh, a restricted free agent in the offseason. So if Bill Guerin has maybe seen enough and just decides, you know, this this guy's a good goalie, but he's not somebody that we necessarily are building around going forward, maybe he just ends up saying that uh, that they're going to move on and then they'll address the goalie position in the offseason uh, to uh, add somebody behind Talbot or just completely start from scratch. But it, it, I would imagine that Fleury will be the number one if he's acquired and that Cam Talbot then would end up being the backup. Allow me to introduce you to a product I now use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I didn't have enough time in the morning for the traditional vitamin and supplement regiment. So now enter Athletic Greens in their AG1. One scoop gives you 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Every single thing you look for. Plus, it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small micro-habit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. Athletic Greens is also climate-neutral certified company, and in 2020, AG purchased carbon credits that supports projects protecting old-growth rainforests. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition especially heading into cold and flu season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's all you need. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The rest of uh, your lineup there, and you said, you know, you started pretty well, and then you had a lull. Um, is everyone healthy? I just feel that your team is a lot healthier than VGK coming into this game. And then uh, talk about Matt Zuccarello and that top line, uh, Kirill Kaprizov and Ryan Hartman. Uh, they could do a lot of damage, I feel, against VGK. Yeah, that top line has been... Um, 
just such a fun line to watch all season because you got Ryan Hartman, who's not necessarily a true center, um, acting as the center for Zuccarello and Kaprizov, and both guys are having career seasons um, on that line. Zuccarello's just established a new career high in points in a season. Uh, he's looking like he could flirt with the 90-point mark for the Wild this year, and Kirill Kaprizov at this point is projected to break every record the Wild have ever had in a single season, points, goals, assists. He's on pace to shatter all of it. And so, you know, he's been just such a a fun impact player for this team um, since he came into the league. And it just, it's a top line that has some dangerous elements to it. Uh, it, it all comes down to, you know, how Ryan Hartman is playing. And he has picked up his play recently uh, through the stretch where the Wild went, uh, I believe, 2-8 and eight in 10 games. Uh, he struggled. And so teams kind of attacked that point in the line uh, to uh, to slow down Zuccarello and Kaprizov. But now they're starting to pick it up again. And so uh, if all three of those guys are clicking, this is a very dangerous team, especially now that you've got that second line uh, scoring that Kevin Fiala, Matt Boldy, and Freddie Goudreau have added. Um, it just makes it a very dangerous team with those two lines uh, firing off on all cylinders. Yeah, VGK right now just has pretty much that top line, you know, that they're trying to depend on. Uh, they are getting some other scoring. And uh, Evgeny Dodonov now has three goals in two games. I noticed on Saturday one of the weaknesses uh, that uh, that the Golden Knights exploited against the Kings was they started, VGK started a lot of their plays behind the net in the offensive zone. What might a weakness be that the Minnesota Wild have that perhaps they could exploit? And then also uh, VGK has not been very good in the neutral zone at times. Could the game be won by the checking and tight checking uh, of the Wild in the neutral zone come Monday night? That could certainly be a point for the uh, the Wilds to uh, to try to attack. You know, they've, they've been a team that uh, when things are going well, um, they're really, they, they are really able to, uh, to force turnovers in the neutral zone or at the top of the uh, opponent's offensive zone. They're able to get them to cough up the puck, and it leads to some, uh, some scoring chances right in front of the net. When things are not going well, the Wilds uh, seem to be really susceptible to giving up the puck um, especially right in front of their own net. And, you know, they, they get to where I think they're trying to do a little too much, um, passes way too far up the ice that end up getting intercepted, uh, just some careless passes right around the net. Uh, I would say the biggest weakness for this team right now is uh, special teams. Uh, the penalty kill has been bad uh, for a good majority of the season. Now, it seems like it has been righted a little bit simply by the Wild being more physical on uh, on the penalty kill and trying to really force the issue as opposed to just sitting back and letting teams kind of dictate what they want to do um, on the power play. Uh, the power play for this Wild team is uh, is a mess as well. Uh, they they have not been scoring a lot with the uh, the extra attacker on the power play. Six on five with the empty net is another story. But on the power play, they've struggled to score. 
they have juggled lines. You know, they've gotten to the point now where they're basically just playing the starting lines uh, from normal games. So the Kaprizov line and the defense that accompanies them, that's your power play unit. And that hasn't really worked at all since they started doing that, but nothing was working before that. So they're trying a bunch of new things just to, to see if something can stick with that power play unit. And um, it's led to a bunch of shorthanded opportunities for opponents, which you never want to see. So I think if there's a point that the Golden Knights can really take advantage here, it's to try to get the Wild in the penalty box and to try to give them um, some opportunities, you know, with the man advantage because they just they they really don't look like a team that can capitalize in those situations. The other side of that, you know, is they play such good five on five that you really you kind of shrug your shoulders because it's like, okay, we had a couple power plays that looked terrible, but still ended up scoring a bunch of five on five goals. So it's it's one it's six of one, half dozen of another. And you know, for uh, for VGK, yeah, they're doing well currently on the power play unit, but that's because I feel that probably Jack Eichel is coaching them on the power play. Like he's just been sensational since he arrived here in Las Vegas too. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to ask a little bit about that because the wilds were linked to Jack Eichel at points through the off season, uh, ended up going to the golden Knights. And so I know he's been, uh, I know he suffered a couple of injuries that have, have dinged him up since he came to Vegas, but how has Jack Eichel fit in with the, uh, the golden Knights since he arrived? I got to tell you, uh, he is head and shoulders. And it's the first time I saw him live in a VGK uniform uh, this past week on Thursday night. I can tell you that he is just the best skater on the team. Uh, he's the playmaker. Uh, he can score. He can play defense. And then his contributions to the power play are unbelievable because this was a team that was in dire straits before on the power play unit. Uh, you know, the one thing that uh, we saw well currently – uh, he is a little bit injured. Uh, he blocked a shot in that game on Thursday night against the Panthers, and he blocked it with his right hand. And he was doubtful coming into Saturday's game against the Kings, and then he wound up playing in the game, but he did not take faceoffs. So we don't know the extent of that injury. I just think he toughed it out and then came back and played. Uh, he had the neck surgery during the offseason. Uh, he's really come back in a strong way. His very first game back off of that, uh, very sensitive, you know, uh, neck fusion surgery that he had. Uh, he, he came back in the first night. He was getting hit and hitting, laying laying out people, you know, and just uh, checking and forechecking and doing all those things. And he just hasn't stopped. He's relentless in his attack. And I think he's been the key to this team now, breaking out of it. And uh, they're hoping that he could keep it up. And because of the injury to Riley Smith on the second line, he is now playing, uh, centering the top line with William Carlson and Jonathan Marchessault. And I've said before, you know, on my podcast too, on Locked On, Seth, the, the thing about Jack Eichel is I don't know if he has anyone on this team that can skate with him. He's just faster. He's just better. So many times, like the, the puck will get turned over. I was watching it so closely on Thursday night. The puck would get turned over because someone would not dive down to the net. He's behind the net and he's trying to set up a play and there's no movement. And, you know, the one thing that he does is he's like that point guard 
you don't know where the pass is coming from, but you better be prepared for that pass, right? It's going to come to you directly in your hands. And it's the same way with Jack Eichel. Um, he just has great skill. Uh, he's the most skilled player. And uh, he also had a tremendous assist uh, through traffic on Saturday with that hand injury to the right hand uh, to uh, Stevenson, where he wound up uh, connecting with Chandler Stevenson, who scored the goal. But, I mean, it was just, you know, from uh, the right side to the left, from just below the circle, and he just put it, you know, tape to tape on, on his stick. He's incredible. He's really good. He's much better, I thought, than advertised, uh, especially, you know, coming off of that big injury. Adam played for a year, and now he's contributed. I think it's 11 points, five goals, six assists for VGK. It is that time of year once again, and your bracket has probably already gone up in flames as March Madness has fully lived up to the name this year. But if you're looking for a spot that has all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your favorite sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find it all at BetOnline, where the game starts. It's time to spring into action, and if you're looking to eat a little better or look a little better, Built Bar is here to help. Now, if you're looking for a little bit of a change of pace from your normal Built Bar routine, Built Bar Puffs are here to give you just that. If you haven't tried them yet, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. As with most Built Bars, Puffs contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Line that up against your favorite candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. If you want to get your fill of puffs, head to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Obviously, the Golden Knights dealing with a ton of injuries, and that uh, extends to the net as well with Robin Leonard uh, being put on injured reserve. So with him out of the lineup right now, what's the status of the Golden Knights uh, between the pipes? Well, they were getting shelled. The Winnipeg game, you know, it was really bad for Laurent Brassois. And I think uh, on Saturday, yeah, after the game on Saturday, Pete DeBoer said, if you want to play at this time of year, you have to get a win. And that was a direct shot, I think, at Laurent Persois. And starting with the game against the Anaheim Ducks, teams just elevated the puck, and they were beating him nonstop consistently. I think he's lost six of his last seven regulation games, you know, between the pipes. And so they went with uh, the AHL goaltender of the year last year, Logan Thompson, the, the past two games. And Thompson beats Florida, and he beats the Kings or a shell of the Kings because – they're, they're missing seven, I think, players. I think they were missing seven players coming into the game. But Logan Thompson has really responded well. The defense is getting a little bit better in front of him, I think. That's a major key. They're blocking more shots. But uh, Thompson really stepped up, stood on his head those past two games, and they might have to go with him now as 
the number one goalie in the interim. I still think before the trade deadline here, I think that they definitely have to be in the market for a goaltender. Not just a goaltender, because I don't trust Robin Leonard when he's healthy. <laughs> you know, he gets injured a lot. I don't think he's a great goalie that can respond and step up to win a cup here for Vegas. I'm not – Laurent Brassois, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with him. They might try to shop him. Who knows? And then Logan Thompson could be the goalie of the future. I think they need someone by the trade deadline, which is coming up shortly now. They have to have someone that they could rely upon who has that playoff experience. I really do. Someone that could get into a groove and more or less, you know, help to build momentum too. You know, goalie makes a big state, a big save, a nice stop. And that helps the team. And we've seen that with Logan Thompson the past couple of games, but I don't know if he can sustain it. That's one of my biggest question marks too with VGK. One of the other things I was curious about too is the Calgary Flames have obviously kind of taken hold of the Pacific division, but beyond that, Seems pretty wide open to me with the L.A. Kings currently in second with 76 points, Edmonton with 74, and then the Golden Knights with 72. Uh, is it a situation where if the Golden Knights can get just get some pieces back, they can make a run and maybe push for, uh, if not that uh, that second spot in the division, maybe give the Flames a little bit of a run too? I still don't feel like this team, the biggest key in the five-game losing streak on the road, was that this team lacked heart, they lacked emotion. And that was the bottom line. And I don't know if they're going to be able to come back now. Uh, how much emotion did they exhaust, pardon me, in the in how much did they exhaust in the last uh, couple of games at home? They had the home crowd behind them. Now what's it going to be like for them back on the road again where they were just awful? I mean, and they lost to four out of the five teams uh, were non-playoff teams, or three out of the, uh, the five were non-playoff teams. And so uh, to me, I don't I'm not feeling it, even if they had a full roster at times. The one thing that I've really caught on to with this VGK team this season is that come hell or high water, Pete DeBoer has stuck with his system. He continues to play his system. And now I feel like teams are catching up to that system. They're very predictable in a lot of what they do. It was the first time that I saw some adjustments where they started their offense, tried to get the puck behind the net of the Kings, and then they started their offense from there. And that was the first time. The last two games as well, they played much, much better. They were much improved in the neutral zone. But outside of that, if the Wild are able, again, to uh, do what they've done before as well, another team that's done this, uh, clog the middle, force the Golden Knights outside. They might get off 40 shots, but they out, out of the 40, it might be 5 or 6 to 10 high danger shots. So I think a lot of teams have really caught up uh, to Pete DeBoer and what he's been trying to do with his VGK team. We finally saw, again, a better performance out of their special teams uh, on the power play. Last three games, they've scored a goal. Again, that's Jack Eichel's coaching, perhaps. Who knows? Uh, but but teams are definitely starting uh, to find out what VGK really is. And I don't care who's in the lineup. And I don't know how that top line is going to click either. You know, so you have Jack Eichel. Let's say they're 100%. And then you have Max Pacioretty. Those two had some chemistry, but Pacioretty's been in and out of the lineup. And then I don't know how Mark Stone fits in on that top line because Eichel is just a much faster player than any player I think that they have on this team. They finally put Jonathan Marshall, so uh, he's on that top line, but he's struggling a little bit currently. And I, I thought, you know, that might work because Marshall could skate, you know, a little bit faster. 
Uh, but I don't know about Stone. I don't know how he fits in with that top line. There's so many questions that need to be answered at this point for the Golden Knights. Let's finish with some predictions for uh, the matchup between the Wild and the Golden Knights. Uh, how do you th- see things playing out uh, in the game, and um, what do you think the final score may end up being? I feel that the Wild, you know, they have to pay back the Golden Knights. They've lost the first two meetings this season. Those were earlier on in November, December. VGK was a hot team at that time. Uh, and they were doing it with a lot of AHL players as well. And then, of course, uh, they want to uh, make up for losing the series last year in the seventh game. Uh, bad news for you folks. Uh, Matthias Janmark is back. So <laughs> I don't think he has another hat trick in him, <clears throat> but he has returned. And uh, uh, I, I just think that, you know, again, if, if, you, if the Wild play heavier, if they play as the heavy team, they will win this game. At night in and night out, the Golden Knights are out hit every night. Through two periods in the Florida game, uh, the Panthers had 40 hits in that game. On VGK, they still lost the game uh, for a variety of other reasons. And then another thing, unforced errors for VGK, they handled the L.A. Kings on Saturday. But guess what? They kept turning over the puck repeatedly, and the Kings just couldn't cash in. And that's where I think Minnesota could win this game, uh, be it 4-2, to 4-1, to one, I think somewhere in that range. But they have to play a very physical game against VGK. Now we have Eichel. You know, we'll see him. His hand is banged up. Does he go in the face-off circle? That would be a telling sign. If not, you know, you have to start checking, checking Eichel, trying to get him, keep him at bay because that's where most of the offense starts. But I think it's a 4-2, 4-1 game. How about you, Seth? I, I think um, I think that's right around where I would be with the scores is probably four to two, maybe four to three. Um, I, I do think this team's going to get a lift from the uh, the Delorier move in just you know listening to some of the comments that uh, various wild players have made, Marcus Foligno especially um, since Delorier was brought in. I think that's going to take a little bit of pressure off of him to be kind of that that physical enforcer. For this team, he can focus more on um, on his defense and uh, just trying to help that uh, that Erickson Eckline uh, do their thing uh, against opponents. So I think I think we'll see um, some nice physicality from this team, and I think I'm not sure if we'll see Talbot or if we'll see Capel, but the goaltending is continuing to trend in the right direction again, and so uh, I think we will see a nice goalie performance. So uh, I think 4-2 sounds like a good one for me. Uh, maybe a Kaprizov goal as he continues to climb the wild point leaderboard. Um, but all in all, uh, I think the magic is back at the XL Energy Center, and uh, I think it leads to a wild win. Yeah, and I think you're going to try to dirty it up there from the wild side. I think they will, and that's the way that they could win this game. I think that is going to wrap it up for uh, today's crossover episode. So now that your first listen of the day is done, Make sure you head over to the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey Podcast as we gear up for the trade deadline live reaction to all of the moves made at the trade deadline by everyone throughout the NHL. You can also follow both Lockdown Wild and Lockdown Vegas Golden Knights wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to check them out, and uh, you can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.